And we are recording. This is another episode of AKA Nick, and today I'm here with my future father-in-law, Scotty Stewart. How you doing, Scotty? Doing good, kids. How are you? Doing great, doing great. So yeah, if this basement could talk, mostly Sausage Fest, you said. You guys got some hot bartenders here, though, at one point, didn't you? Yeah, we had some... I had a kind of a loan assistant who was a senior at CSU, so we went down to... Me and my, my business partner, Matt Springer, went down to CSU and <clears throat> just posted a job, you know, loan assistant or whatever. And this girl came to our office and she was attractive, so it was a quick interview. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, we could, I think she lasted a cup of coffee and a donut. She wasn't there, but maybe a month. But it was the month of March, so <laughs> she ended up coming here and Barton and for Grandpa Bob's uh, St. Patty's Day party. Did that have anything to do with her leaving pretty quickly? <laughs> no, she not, no. no oh, okay, no. good. So when was when was like the last party Grandpa Bob had here? Holy smokes! Because <clears throat> Ashley and Dylan never got to like attend them. No, his neighbor next door <clears throat> and him kind of dueling parties so Mike would always have um, a big one in the summer and he would cook um, jambalaya and a bunch of southern dishes and the famous picture of me looking like I had puke on me <laughs> that was not puke I was still food and I was plastered that night granted but I did not puke so yeah I think that had to have been 12, 12, 15 years in a long time. Okay. Long time Grandpa used to party though. He used to. I can't see. I can't see drink, that. He used to drink. Beer. Yeah, he. Yeah, he did. He, he was kind of subtle about it, but he get he get a little crazy. Get tuned up. Yeah, he's fun. He's fun. He's a lot of fun. <clears throat> That's funny. Yeah, now it's just like he has like one beer if they have a barbecue here, or sometimes a Cuba Libre. Yeah, when we were on the cruise, our last family cruise. I made sure he was, he, he got buzzed a couple different Oh, times. really? Yeah, he drank penis, I mean, pina colada and, excuse me. Penis colossus. Penis colossus and uh, Cuba Libres and, yeah, he'd get tuned up and nothing, nothing crazy because he'd wake up every morning and he'd like, God, the worst headache, I'm not doing that again. Oh, my and God. And he'd go and work it out, you know, go to work out and he's just kind of a nut job that way. Right. Oh, God, that's funny. We should we should make him have a well obviously they have you know Sunday fun day here but we should have make him have some kind of a blowout oh we should <laughs> get all your rowdy friends oh fuck he would hate that he would hate well, if my friends been were here. here a couple times haven't they yeah but they're just I mean especially Cole between Dylan Freilich and Cole and I were just so fucking loud I guarantee you there'd be some waterfalls off that deck oh yeah that that's never been done. <laughs> He would get so petrified. You know, he's such a worry ward. Yeah, he exactly. Would be like, he'd probably have to make sure he was not in town kind of deal. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And then it would be his party, so that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Did you ever see the video of Dylan heaving off your patio at the at your place at Tarpian? Off the back deck? No. Oh, man. When was that? Uh, it was one of the weekends. You guys were out of town, which is almost every weekend they're over. <laughs> 
but he... <laughs> Violently, you mean? Oh my god, it was so funny. I'll have to show you a video when this is over, but it's pretty fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, he's not scared to go deep. <clears throat> no, he's definitely not. And he's better now than he was freaking back in the day. I mean, just a few years ago. Angel do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Kind of, yeah, well, you know. I've calmed down. You I, can I, still I, get around pretty well yeah. when you need to. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I like to imbibe every now and again. So funny. Used to, but... My dad is like not. I mean, when my dad drinks. You cannot tell if he's drunk. Like he, he just he'll throw down a few wit. Like I've seen him drunk, drunk like once, and that was on my twenty first in Vegas, where he was slurring his words a little bit. But he he won't. Show, his face gets a little bit red, and he. Well, start to talk a little bit more and laugh more, but doesn't do anything like you couldn't tell. What do I do? <laughs> well, you'd be here for a long ass time if I wasn't explaining everything you did when you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, but I think I have a tendency to. Jenny says I get nasally with my voice, slur, and my eyes look like. Two pistols in a snowbank kind of deal. Uh, yeah. That's what Ashley says. She can always tell in my eyes if I've been drinking because like one of my eyes is like. Who can say? Yeah. I had a buddy in college that was like that. He would have one eye at the floor and the other one over here. Oh right. God! Like, wow. Just, yeah. Well, Jonesy's eyes get. <laughs> Jonesy morph morphs into a cartoon character. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Gets the Jay Leno chin stretched out to here. His eyes closed. He's like... Hmm. <laughs> right? He's like... Yeah. <coughs> he actually, we, I played X-Golf him the other night. Oh, yeah, how was that? Surprisingly, he played good and he wasn't falling down drunk. I think he had maybe... He probably had a 12-pack in two and a half hours. He got there an hour before we did. Jesus. And I think he had at least four or five. And uh, so he said he was lathered up. He got there, but he maintained. So that's different. <laughs> Last time we went, you guys were fucking... Wait, well, he, well, yeah, I did at the end. I was feeling pretty good. I remember you drove. Yeah, because you guys slammed like three... Whiskey ginger ales like yeah. the last hour. After, after having fair amount of beer yeah yeah we got an we got an extra hour i think jones bought we know we played what did we play we almost 27 all we're doing pretty yeah. close mm -hmm. yeah that's fun that's good good way to keep the golf game going in the winter time when it's that's not and that's pretty inexpensive really i mean yeah all things considered really the only yeah. thing that kills you is the booze which it will on the golf course too right oh like we were in Palm Springs for a trip a couple of weeks ago. The stay and play there was cheap as hell, but beers were nine bucks. Nine bucks. It's like a fucking baseball game. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> so we went and got our own booze for the evening, but when you're out on the golf course, you really don't have much, much of a choice. Because I think if they catch you sneaking liquor on there, they'll kick you out. Oh, really? So that's a bummer. Past. Um. Okay, so you went, where did you go in Palm Springs again? Well, <clears throat> it was, um, 
Was it like a resort? Yeah, well, the Weston Mission Hills Resort, the Pete Dye course. So there's a couple courses there. But Where did we stay when we went a few years ago? I forget what it was called, but I feel like it was it a... It was the Marriott Desert Willow. Oh, okay. All right. Now I can remember that. Holy shit. Yeah, I have shit memory. Older I get. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty nice place. It was just cold as hell. Remember? Yeah, it was. Well, shit, it was cold in Arizona, too, when we were there. Every time we've been there, it's been, like... Except for the waste management, that one day that we got to do everything was really Pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. It was. Why should we be doing that? Um, <laughs> it was mid-70s. Okay. All the time. Saturday afternoon, it got pretty windy, like 2025, 20, so it got a little chilly, but I'll take it as when it was sub-zero here. Yeah. Did you see Dilly when you were there? Yeah, we played 18 with us. Oh, okay. No, no, wait. My bad. So, we thought he was staying along, far, far from our place where we were staying, and uh, he ended up being like 10 minutes, so. Oh, nice. <clears throat> the coach said, yeah, if you want to go see your dad, play 18. It's fine. So we had a 7.30 tea time. He played. And then this was kind of cool. So I see Dill. I'm checking out the golf shop, letting him know that he's playing. And he comes in. I give him a hug. And we're going out. And Dave White shows up. My buddy Dave White. And Bob Bob Wilson, his buddy who lives there in Paul Spring. I knew he was going to be out there. Oh, okay. I was going to say he didn't go out there with you, right? Yeah. So we saw him in Arizona the week before. And I told him I was going to Palm Springs because we're going to be there. I said, so look me up or whatever. And so I initially asked Dave to play, but because he's staying with Bob, because I can't leave Bob by himself. You know, I have room for two. I go, no, there's just one spot available. So they called ahead of time and got the tea time ahead of us. Unbeknownst to me, so he surprised me and just showed up, which was really cool. And then we had some time between our second round, so we all had lunch together and a couple drinks. And then it's like, Dill, why don't you just stay and play another 18 they're not gonna know so that's what we did so i as much golf dylan that dylan and i have played together over the years we've never played 36 in one day so that was fun really yeah and he he enjoyed it he sent me a text later on saying hey dad i needed that that was that was good just to get out and just relax and chill so yeah i mean that's why i think that's why he, you know enjoys those dick around days that i mean even him and i have at ptarmigan where we just you know party and yeah. hit yeah just fucking chase the ball around for a little bit because i think that's a lot more relaxing obviously than just going out and practicing yeah, every single day you're outdoors you're still having fun it's you know he's got so much stress on him but yeah it's good for him to get just put stuff on the back burner and yeah oh, it was good to see him so how are you after 36 holes oh my god surprisingly so we did 18 on Thursday when we got there late afternoon. Well, we almost got in 18 because we came up at 2. 18 Friday, or 36 Friday, 36 Saturday. I was pretty tired on Sunday, but on the course I actually did okay. I was, really? Yeah, I was surprised. No, not too bad. My arm kind of hung in there. I had that band around it, so so I took some lead every day. And yeah, surprising, I did okay. Okay. And who did you go out there with initially? Uh, well, I was going to go out and watch Dill play, but, you know, the old state of California won't allow any spectators. So some friends at the club, Mike Allen, 
uh, Dan Campbell, Clay Rogers, a couple other guys. So we need to do a spring golf trip. So they invited me, and I said, well, I wasn't sure if I could make it or not. And then obviously I did. So we went out there Thursday through. I left Sunday morning. They left Sunday afternoon and played another round, but I had to get back. So Okay. Yeah, it was fun. It sounds fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I want more of my buddies to get into golf so that we can do that kind of shit when we're older and yeah. can actually afford it. I, start, I started doing golf trips <clears throat> right out of college. I had so many friends in the golf business. Mm -hmm. that it's just getting to the destination that right. we played for free, you know. So we go to <clears throat> how many friends I had working in between Southern California, Arizona, and Vegas. There's just a ton of them. So I make a phone call and get out here, we'll take care of you. So it wouldn't, excuse me, it didn't cost us a ton of money besides booze, as always. Right. That's always the factor on any trip, though. Booze is generally <laughs> the... When you're budgeting, you're like, airfare X, <laughs> and then you got booze. That's an automatic thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, shit, even when Ash and I were going through our budget <laughs> last week, I was like sitting down, I was like, Jesus Christ, we spent like a fucking grand this month on going out and getting shit housed. I was like, well, you guys eat out. Well, that was the big thing too. So like, you, you know, you go out and you get food and then you <laughs> get drinks and then that f bill is between Ash and I is going up over a hundred. Yeah. Adds up real quick. Mm hmm. So like this, I mean, I'm pretty good about not eating out during the week. Like I come here for lunch every day or I just don't eat. And then, you know, Ashley or I will cook. Or we'll go to your place, or our friends will cook, or something like that. But yeah, the weekend is where we fucking run those bills up. So now that's where we really have to tighten our belts around and just make sure you can. Yeah, like well, you know, we can party like one night as long as we're not fucking going crazy, and we can go to the liquor store and get like a case of beer. But I can't be doing like the shit that we were doing. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Stewart got you on the budget. Well, yeah, we needed it. Old JJ. Old JJ. <laughs> Shout out JJ. Shout out to JJ. <laughs> oh, last, you, oh, yeah, last night you guys rode for dinner. Yeah. How about the Invisalign thing? Oh, God, did she not have a coach <laughs> connection on that deal? Fucking tore into you. So I whispered to Ashley's ear, I was like, is this what our marriage is going to look like when we're older? Well, she's just like her mom. Yeah. I just have to, I don't know, she doesn't seem as like... Jewy, <laughs> right now. <laughs> but you hear her talking like upstairs. I was listening. I found the cheapest trip. I found the and just uh, and the, right. So it's embedded. It is, for yeah. Sure. Yeah. Which, it, you know what? It's it's good to be. It is good to be frugal. I mean, you don't want to. Well, it's good to have both ends of this, like both ends of this fucking scale, right? Right. And I. <clears throat> she makes it sound like I, I did not spend money crazy and I don't I mean you know I buy when I buy stuff I buy nice stuff I don't buy garbage right I mean, right I don't like I buy the best of the best but I buy something that I like and something's nice she was when she was growing up she was given allocated X amount of dollars so it was quantity over quality right for like cl for school clothes and stuff like right that, where man yeah, it's just you know I get one or two things and you know, I had that boys had that nice shoes. I was just always a shoe guy, and mm -hmm. and then when I started making my own money, then I got a little more thrifty. Like as a kid in high school, and I'd go shop at Marshalls or TJ Maxx, and 
I'll still go check the gym. Oh, I still do. Yeah, I'll still go check those places out. Marshall's usually got... You got to go to certain times of the year, but you can find nice shit for cheap there. Ross fucking sucks now. Ross sucks. When I was in high school, early college years, Ross was the place to go. So even... TJ Maxx sucked, and Marshall wasn't even around. Yeah, I mean, even when I was in, like, probably middle school, early high school, Ross still was the place to go for... I mean, you get like I can still find like designer brands or like the shit I like liked at the time, like Billabong and all those pl- brands right. for eight bucks for a T-shirt. Yeah. Versus going to the Billabong store and paying fifty bucks for a fucking T-shirt. Yeah. So it made sense back then, but like now, like Marshalls is still pretty good. Um. J.C. Penney is usually has killer deals. Jacques Penney does have good deals. Mm-hmm. Um, when. We used to office over there when I was with Matt Security Mortgage. It was right, you know, right there in that plaza. So I'd go over there occasionally, and yeah, you could find great deals on pants and like work clothes. Kind yeah, of stuff, right. Well, we went there because they they closed that. It's 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 done. They yeah, closed it's down. done. So Ashley and I went and picked. I mean, at that point, everything had pretty much been picked dry. But I got a good pair of work pants and <clears throat> stuff like that from there. But I mean, shit, that's where I got my first suit when I was right out of college because yeah. everything was on sale and so they did my measurements and everything and it was probably 200 bucks for my suit and then a bunch of other shit that I got too like shoes, belt, socks yeah the whole uh, I still like to shop I like to look at it feel it mm-hmm. try it on where you know Amazon's taken over but it's it's kind of it's sad seeing all these malls and big box stores shutting down it's, it's crazy yeah, I don't have as much sympathy for, like, well, I do and I don't. So, like, JCPenney, I would have liked to have seen around because it's been, like, a staple, right? It's been oh, a staple forever. for a very long time. Yeah. And so I would have liked them to stick around, but they just couldn't compete. Um, but, like, Walmart and shit like that, they're not going to go out of business when Amazon is, no, no matter how big Amazon gets. Right. And so it's kind of like with them, it's like, yeah, sure, give Walmart a run for their money. Fuck it. I think Target will stick around. Target will, yeah. Target has really good athletic clothes. It's kind of more, uh, I want to say upscale, but it's higher end than a Walmart. Right. So, like, for people like me, I go do, like, my cheap clothes, like, really cheap clothes and, like, socks and stuff like that and shopping like that at Walmart versus, like, my sister, their cheap is Target. Target. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like the... It's the rich person's Walmart. <laughs> yeah. But they, I mean, like, I still shop at Target. I get the clothes there. Um, the athletic clothes there are pretty good. Yeah. I, go to, I like Costco. Costco has some sweet deals. I like Costco a deals. lot. Yeah. Sam's Club. <clears throat> it's, it's, again, kind of like Marshall's. It's depending on the time of the year, but you can go there. And, like, I, there's a brand of pants that I wear a lot that are comfy English laundry that, you know, you're going to pay, I don't know, 50, 60 bucks online for. Mm-hmm. And I got pants, I think they were 29 bucks. Yeah. And they were wicked comfortable. Yeah, I got so, two pairs of golf pants there for like 16 bucks. Yeah, right? And they're nice. Yeah. We can always find nice sweatshirts and like athletic gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I could walk around Costco forever. I get lost in there just looking at... <laughs> and then you go to the booze section. Oh, my God, yeah. They got good booze. They got really good booze. Cheap. Mm-hmm. We, we got turned on to that, um, the Caramel Crown. Oh, yeah. Caramel Crown. Mm-hmm. That was there. Oh, really? I think it was Arlen told me about it, my buddy at work. I was there one day. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to grab a couple 
<laughs> so yeah, they have good cheap, cheap high end booze. Nice. Ugh, that caramel crown. I did not like that caramel crown. Not even on the just. No, not at all. Mm -mm. Oh, I do. Too sweet for me, man. Yeah, you're too much of a whiskey snob. Not even that much. I mean, this is like, this is Makers. Or wait. No, it was Woodford, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, this was Woodford, but I drink Makers on the rocks, too. Makers is good. Makers is good. Um, There's nothing better than a Crown Royal with cheese. Crown Royal with cheese? <laughs> what? Well, Dave White's famous line, every time we, we make the turn, we always do a butter crown, but one day he walked in and he goes... Like, Dave, what would you like? What shot would you like? Because I want a crown royal with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> he coined that phrase. Was Whitey a member out of the club? Forever. Really? Mm -hmm. He went to see you when his dad was working for Coors. And then his parents moved up and I lived on the 8th hole at Southridge. And so in the summer he came up and he worked there in college. And then when he got out... Uh, school, I think a year went by, and he then joined and was there for I don't know how a long time. I mean, he was a, won the club championship I think twice. How the hell do you afford to there? belong at a country club at a college? I don't know if they gave him a deal. Yeah, what it was could but, be like uh, what I'm doing, where I used to work there, and I'm they, know the stewards they and just, so they just let you go. Yeah, as long as I'm not in anybody's way. Yeah. And um, and then he quit for a while, and then him and I joined this. He rejoined, and that was when we joined back in 2012. You didn't join until 2012? 2012. Oh, I thought you joined there like 08. No, we moved there in, we moved there in 05. And you were playing at Pelican yeah, we for were, a while. Yeah, we were at Pelican. And then in 2008, that's when the real estate market crashed. Crashed. And so he didn't play golf. <clears throat> and then um, that's when Dylan started playing. And so went up to Highland Meadows. And they'd just been open for a few years. And they had a ripping deal. It was thirteen seventy five or something like that. For all the golf you could play, range, and golf cart, Monday through Thursday. Couldn't play on the weekends. Uh, you could play on the weekends, but it was for a fee. I don't remember what it was. So we did that for a year, and then we're going to go on our second year of doing that. So it's an annual fee. And then Dave talked me in and said, you got it. We got to get you to Tarmigan. You live there, yada, yada, yada. And so then we joined in 12. So how long did it, I guess I never really thought about, I mean, obviously I didn't know you guys in 2008, but so that recession hit you and Jenny pretty hard since those are your industries? That was tough. That was lean. Really? That's why, I mean, we, at Pelican, I mean, we had to, you know, cut the fat where we could, and, then, you know, so we dropped our membership there, and, yeah, lived pretty, lived pretty lean. You had to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was, that was not a lot of fun, for sure. Yeah, that was when, my dad got laid off in 2008, when that happened. Yeah. And Jenny, at that point, she was... Was she even doing real estate she at that point? Her, she had a real estate license <clears throat> for... Shit, when did she get it? Hold on. She's had it for, I think, 10, 
10 or 11 years. Okay. Something like that. So she got it right after the crash, maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. It would be like about 2009, 2010. Because yeah. she wasn't going to... She was working at Fort Collins High School, and they tried to make her position 100%. She said, I got two kids filling. Everything's working out fine. I don't need to be 100%. Mm-hmm. Here's why. And she proposes to the principal, and he just wasn't buying it. So she said, fine, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So she didn't know what to do. I said, well, why don't you get your real estate license? You'll start teaching again at some point. She got a real estate license, and it's, it's been pretty good. I mean, obviously, her passion is teaching, but her real estate is pretty good supplemental income. Well, yeah, I mean, she doesn't have to do it full-time. It doesn't have to depend on that paycheck. It's more for, like, yeah. savings and fun money, right? Well, she, she makes more real estate on X amount of those deals she does each year, and she does teaching. teaching yeah. Right? So... But again, it's it's not overbearing. She's been busy this year. So she was really busy this year. Yeah. So hopefully, so things keep going as they <clears throat> they are. I'm, I'm assuming she's going to get a few more deals, and she'll have her best year in real estate, I would think. Mm-hmm. So that's good. We got a wedding to pay for. That's right. <laughs> that's right. You do. <laughs> I've still thrown back and forth about getting my license just to have it, like in the future for investments and stuff like that investing properties so i don't have to go through a realtor assuming that jenny's not really active in real estate anymore yeah but when you buy you don't pay a realtor the seller pays the realtor i thought they both got a cut of the commission on both sides if you're you're investing you're buying homes you just have the the real estate agent to put the contract together and negotiate you don't pay them the seller pays them but if you were selling a house you have to pay them a six, uh, yeah, six yeah. percent commission, so you pay three to your listing agent and three to the buyer's agent. Okay. So. Oh, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> people, people think oh, I gotta hire a real estate agent. I gotta pay him. You don't pay him. Salary thing. Right. Yeah, Craig Plants is pretty disappointed. I ended up. I didn't end up working for him because <laughs> I was initially going to work for him out of right out of college. Yeah, every time. I don't know how deep you worked <clears> with him. It was like, I don't know, like, he had brought it up to me one time, like, well, so actually Cameron was like, Nick is going into real estate, you should talk to him about it, and then he came and gave me, like, the free, like, the sign-in shit for the free real estate class and all that stuff, so I probably got, like, halfway through, but I was just like, I gotta make money now, like, I can't fucking wait, yeah. anymore. I can't be at Ptarmigan for yeah. that much longer, and so that's why I went to Shamrock and kind of gave up the real estate thing, I was like, oh, I'll go back to it, but I never got back to it, and then, of course... Fucking studying for my uh, insurance licensing and stuff. Well, man, that's what you asked me, Scott. I'm thinking real estate or insurance or mortgage. And I said, well, not mortgage and not real estate. <laughs> like I said, because of the residuals. Right. right. You know, and I think you made a good decision going that route for sure. I think so too. I mean, in general, I'm just a lot happier going to work than I was at Shamrock. Yeah, you got good benefits. Sounds like good people up there, and yeah, I think you made a good decision. Damn, I don't trust me. You just gotta stick with it. And yep. Keep working hard. And one of these days, you're gonna think, "Oh man, Scotty was right." <laughs> well, it's funny because I kept, and it's probably just a. I mean, it's more dicking around. But when I was at the NoCo Unify meeting on Monday, um, Jeremy Holt was there. 
uh, Travis Savage was there, and he's at Renaissance. I think there's one other insurance guy in there, but uh, they were talking shop, and he's like, yeah, so how's business? He's like, oh, it's fine. I just can't believe I'm in this fucking industry and all this stuff, and I was just like... Ooh, Holt? Yeah. Why, why would he be complaining? I'm sure he was just blown off steam, but... Oh. But... I think he does pretty good for himself. I think he I mean, makes... He's not an Aaron Eide. Right. right. But he makes a handsome enough living. Yeah, I would... Yeah. For sure. I, don't, I mean, I think... I don't know what he pulls down, but I'm sure it's pretty good. Yeah. How, how long has he been in the business? I don't... Five or six? Really, no. So he started off with PFS. He did start off with PFS. Working for Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Wait, was he working for Jarvis? I thought he was, wasn't he? Because he's PNC, I thought. I don't remember. Or is he Benefits? I don't really I don't know. know. I remember him telling me that he had to get between Dave and Jarvis several times. And that was nasty. Nasty, nasty. Man, I never met Jarvis. Most people that I've talked to, he's not their cup of tea. Jarvis is, uh... But, like, I, there's again, there's other people on the other side of that who, like, love him. Yeah. He's just, dude, he's just A-type personality. He's going 110 miles an hour. 24-7. Yeah. I mean, he, he's successful because, I mean, he just... But I think he's, um, he got to the point there where I think he was just herding them in like cattle and then kind of forgot the service side of things. Wasn't servicing people properly. Yeah. I think that's what kind of got Dave pretty upset. Yeah, that, well, I mean, like, I think the fact, because we had a couple of guys who were like that as well. I mean, they, um, they... Like, the benefits guys, like, they got laid off pretty much right after I started, right? And so they... And then a bunch of people quit, too, right? Well, yeah, and so that was basically why. It was like, they basically got forced out was because Dave was like, well, you guys are not doing this the right way. You're doing this, like, the way that Jarvis did it, and that's not the way I like. So it was only a matter of time before everybody had to kick rocks. Yeah, that's what I heard. But yeah, there are stories... Yeah, Jansen's not a big fan of Jarvis. Yeah. Um, I forgot, I know I've asked you this before, but do him and Mike Ball get along okay, or is there some... Yeah, I saw Ball um, at dinner last week at the club, and he's doing exceptionally well, he said. Um, I asked how everybody's doing at Jarvis. He goes, yeah, Jarvis is Jarvis. He just keeps... I don't think he... Really has a lot to do with him. Jarvis is kind of just doing his own thing. Yeah, you know, he does not. I mean, Mike's a, quote unquote the manager, but I don't think he's managing Jarvis. Right. No, I don't think anybody can manage Jarvis. Yeah. Plus, Jarvis got so much more experience than Mike. It'd you know, be frivolous to try to tell him what to do. Right. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just talking to. And Angela, she's, like, at this point, head of the benefits, because our benefits department is so skimped right now. Um, I just don't think that Dave's ready to invest that, like, much more money into it at this point until we start seeing some results. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm stealing this one. Go for it. And <laughs> the sound pops up on the sound bars when you... Um, but Angela said that she like got along with Jarvis but like again 
you go to the accounts and he comes on too strong to like a lot of the people who are not his personality type, right? Like who are not, you know, yeah. he's the very up in your face kind of salesman is what yeah, I've heard. He's high pressure. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's a likable guy. He's super fun. Um, he's outgoing. He's, he seemed, he's a, he's a happy guy most of the time. Yeah. Funny story about Jarvis. I mean, like I said, he's going 110 miles. I mean, everything he does, like driving, for this for instance. So I'm driving back from Collindale one day, and this Jeep is riding my ass. And you know how I like tailgaters. Right? <laughs> and this motherfucker, I'm going to kill him, right? So he's right up on, and then he just darts off into the turn lane and turns. I fucking flip with Yui. I go out. I go. I'm, this guy's gonna get an earful from me. So I'm on. He realizes that I'm falling. I don't know who it is. Yeah. So we're going in through this neighborhood, and he goes into this cul-de-sac, and he gets in the cul-de-sac, and he pulls into this driveway, and I'm right there, and he pulls out, and it's Jarvis. Like, oh, Jarvis, you motherfucker! And he's like, "Sorry, Stuart, I was late for dinner." I go, "Don't ever do that again." If you was somebody else, said, you're gonna get fucking popped in the jaw. <laughs> And Charles is a little guy like me. I mean, he's, I think he might be even shorter. If you believe that. He's probably Dylan's side, but he's, he's pretty stocky kid. Yeah. But he's, but yeah, I was a little heated, <laughs> a little road rage. That's not like you. No, no, never, never. My favorite move is still the, <laughs> I tell everybody this, <laughs> when you're driving, it's either the middle finger slapped against the, against your driver's side window, or if you're passing someone, you just do the slow head turn and stare at them as you drive by. <laughs> There's so many morons out there driving. Yeah, but... So, last, so Saturday, I went out. I had to go... Oh, so Colin called me, and he says, he goes, Scotty, there's ammo for sale uh, for your clock at Sportsman Warehouse. I'm like, all right, I'm on it. I'm going. So I'm driving to Sportsman Warehouse on Saturday. Oh, my. There's so many shit drivers out there, and I, I just that's a pet peeve of mine, especially the women because they're on their phones half the time, right? Yeah. Not going when a turn light turns green, not putting on a fucking signal, you know, going through the roundabout twice, kind of. It's like, come on. So, yeah, I have to I have to bite my tongue for sure. But yeah, that's I guess that's according to everybody. That's my standard move. Right? <laughs> I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I still remember the time when we were driving to Ogallala, and I was driving, and it was Whitey in the front seat and you in the back seat, and we're out on what do we take out there? What's after thirty four? Do we what do we hop on? Oh, thirty four to I seventy six to eighty. Yes, yeah. so I think we were on seventy six at the time. <clears throat> and wait, was this the first year? It had to have been. Mm-hmm. It was my first year. It was okay. yeah, two years ago or okay. almost two years ago. And so I'm driving the pilot, and this bitch in front of me is just dragging ass, right, shooting fumes. And so there was a truck to the left of me, and I was getting all pissed off. And so I, the truck finally gets in front of her, and I just fucking murder. Switch lanes and I look over at her. You're like, yeah, Nick, look at her. Now flip her off. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> You're like, yeah, make sure she knows what she did wrong. <laughs> Just giving me a play-by-play oh, of what to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she 
so funny because you would hate driving behind my father. Why is he a putzer? He drives like old people fuck. Oh boy, slow and sloppy. Yeah, okay. just drags ass, does everything by the book. No, yeah, no. <laughs> Whereas like my mom is total opposite. I'm all about putting blinkers on, right? But I've always driven kind of faster. What's well, so the I thing? Just, like I you... just can't. Yeah, I can't do it. No go. Like, when my dad was, te- it was so funny when I was, you know, when I had my permit, driving in my dad's car versus my mom's car. She'd be like, God, this asshole's just in the left lane and going the speed limit. She's like, you can go five minutes or five miles per hour over the speed limit at least. And so she's like, all right, ride his ass until he gets over. And so I was like, what? She's like, just get up a little bit and let him know that he needs to creep over. <laughs> and then he wouldn't move over. So she's like, all right, now click your blinker. And so I'm like, okay. So I clicked the blinker. And finally, he moves you mean, over. You mean the brights? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah the brights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, get your brights on to let him know that he needs to get over. Yeah, flick him at us. So yeah, I did that. And I move over. My mom's just like, what the fuck are you doing, buddy? It's <laughs> funny how we turn into He-Man in the car, right? Yeah. I uh, <clears throat> I think how you drive and road rage is associated with kind of your personality. Don't you think? Not always, but... Well, I mean, it can be like... Well, let's put it this way. You don't see someone's, like, true colors until they're behind the wheel in, like, traffic. If they're calm, like, so... Oh, boy. Chris and Pat Connery, both are just fucking, like, worse than you and me. Just impatient. Just And Chris Connery, I love him to death, but he's not that great of a driver. So we're at, like, a four-way stop or something, and he gets there first, and he's trying to wave this lead through. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, Chris, you were there for... You fucking go, dude. What are you doing? And they just both lose their shit so quickly. But yeah, I think it definitely speaks to how short you are when you're driving in traffic. Yeah. The traffic is worse now than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I consider myself a good driver, so I but I try to make sure I put blinkers on and stuff like that. Yeah. Just because I know if I was behind him, then yeah. You know how that works. Yep. I mean, I, I feel like I'm pretty, for the most part, well-behaved in the car, as far as in traffic. I feel like I have a, a more moderate temper. Oh, I would say temper-wise. I mean, you, but you're a pretty aggressive driver. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, again, I learned yeah, from my mother. Road rage-wise, you're fine. But I think you're a pretty aggressive driver. Yeah. So here's my thing. My fucking fear is if I lose my shit on the road, because this happened to my brother's friend, lost his shit, like, flipped the guy off, the guy followed him and shot him. That's what Jenny always says. You don't know who's got a gun. Um, so I remember one time her and I were in the car. This is when we lived in the Springs, and some guy just yeah, rode me and, and tailgate me, and then he veers off into the turn lane, and we all get to the stop sign, stoplight at the same time, so he didn't have an arrow. So I go, what's your fucking problem, right? He's like, fuck you, you fat fucker. I'm like, what? So I get ready to get out of the car and try to get my seatbelt off, and Jenny just grabs me by the arm. And whenever she's really mad at me, my full name is called. Yeah. Scott Allen Stewart, you have children. <laughs> you need to calm down now. So there this guy's calling me a fat fuck, and I just want to get out there and just go, right? Yeah, that wasn't, wasn't fun. That's what, I got that. So you learn from your parents, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my dad. Oh, my God, my dad. Talking about road rage. So my dad, you know, we're stewards for little short people, and, but my dad was a, he was a 
tough fuck. He was a golden, golden gloves boxer. He's you know raised in small town Nebraska. He was born in Colorado Springs, but his family lived in Nebraska. So all you do back then, back there in those small towns, is eat, drink, sleep, fucking fight, mm-hmm. right? So he would he'd whip everybody in town. And then him and his buddy would go to the next small town that following weekend. Whip everybody's ass. So they just go to the small little area, the western Nebraska, they go to the small towns and they fight. So they do, they get drunk and they fight. Mm-hmm. So my dad and I were going, <clears throat> we were heading to the church for something because my dad was a construction, you know, was a foreman. And he was doing something at the church, building something, I forgot what it was. And some guy cut him off and they flipped the bird and I go back and forth. And then and my dad says, Paul. Pull over. It's the guy who pulls over. Probably was that guy made a big fucking mistake. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was at his door practically before the guy could even open it. And the guy's window was down. My dad just fucking one time that guy, all I saw was, you know, from the back of the truck, the, you know, because he just had single cap back then. You saw his head just go, <laughs> 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 just, just knocked him off. <laughs> my dad's just pissed when he gets back in the car and my dad turned beet red when he got mad right and he goes that'll learn ya that'll <laughs> learn ya <laughs> go off and do his job yeah there's two or three times where that happened when I was little in the car car and then my dad liked to drink beer and so just up the street there was a local lounge like Lounge, right? Called the Classic Lounge. So it was Classic Lounge tied to a bowling alley called the Classic Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it was separate. So it's different than like at Chippers where the bar's right there. This was the same building, but it was walled off. Okay. So that's where my dad liked to hang out. That's where he went and had his beers. So he goes, I'm going to go have a beer. So he'd buy me a cherry Coke, right? So I didn't give a shit. I was little. I was at the bar eating popcorn and my dad was drinking beer. Somebody said, that kid shouldn't be in here. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, well, that's my kid. He is in here. Next thing I know, my dad's fucking got a guy fucking face planted in the jukebox. Shit like that. I mean, it's just, that's just who he was. Just short-tempered. And yeah. Just, you know, that's all I knew. <laughs> He's a great guy. That's fine. I mean, my dad was just like, my dad had like a, a short, my dad had a short fuse when it came to like stupid things. Like if he was working on the garage, he laid the side, he would lay down the siding wrong and then he'd fuck up and go do the measurements and God damn it and huck his tape measure at it and it'd dent the siding. I was like, okay. Same with my dad. Like you would, like he was putting a bike together for you or something like that and you'd go to help because it's your bike. That's why I don't do good stuff. We <laughs> <laughs> do stuff. He cut his fucking finger or do something. And he'd throw a wrench across the garage and get all pissed off. And he's like, I can't, I can't, I can't, can't do this. So, yeah, my dad had a short fuse with that. And I learned that behavior too. But where I don't have a short fuse, or I should have a short fuse, is with JJ. <laughs> I have the most patience with her. I have no idea why. Forever. And she'll admit it. Because you love her. I do. But And then with the kids, I have patience, too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
boy, there's, but there's times you want to just <laughs> put her in a full Nelson, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. It's funny because Ashley and I, and she. You're so well. At least from what I see, you're you're patient with her. Well, I am, but it's funny. Because I, she, I, 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 rarely, I don't think there's been a single time where I've actually raised my voice to her, which is same with my father. He rarely raises his voice unless it's like, holy shit, like something's wrong here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Ashley, because, you know, she's a little emotional, probably gets that from her father. Yeah. But if we're arguing about something, I'll just say, Ashley? And then she just starts welling up with tears. <laughs> I don't even raise my voice. I'm like, I don't need to cry. I'm just a little annoyed. <laughs> it's so funny. So you start pulling up. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. And then you're like, oh, God, what are they doing? Yeah, I'm just like, oh, all right. <laughs> That's tough. I don't do well with emotions. Like, I've never been, really, I've never well, been your in like. Your dad's an emotional guy. Like, no. So you've seen him cry like once. I've never seen him cry. Oh, never. Mm-mm. Wow. Um. I, I'm not nearly like as emotionally blocked off as him, but I still just you know I don't I'm very uncomfortable with like touchy feely crying and all that kind of stuff. So like when people are wait till you become a dad. Yeah, I mean it's a lot different. I mean my father, my dad has always been like you know oh. hugs with me, right? But definitely like emotionally distant in the sense where. You know, he never wants to, never wants his kids to see him cry. And yeah, that stuff. <laughs> yeah, we know you don't. <laughs> well, again, that's my dad. I mean, that's. I think I'm not patting myself on the back, but I, 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 get, I get a big heart. I mean, that's what you know. My dad had a big heart. And yeah. It just, it just comes out. You know, we wear our emotions on our sleeves, and I, I'm not ashamed of it at all. And I do, I do. I mean, I, your wedding, I'm gonna, it's gonna be a bad whatever how many steps it up to the altar yeah be a blubbering idiot and maybe they'll find some kind of a sedative well you don't want to do that you don't want a sedative if you're going to be drinking <laughs> you can see myself just all like blacked out walking, <laughs> like, shit my pants yeah. oh my god fucking Scotty's zombie shit <laughs> that'd be nice to see is you pissing your pants when you're walking actually down the aisle because you're in a Medically induced, yeah, <laughs> seduced just have, state. Just have to get through it, I guess. <clears throat> I, you know what? Come to think of it, I don't know if I've seen my mom cry either. Really? I think maybe like once after I was in that car accident. Oh God! I would assume she cried, but it was like not like bawling it was more just like when she was talking it was like a little shaky in the voice and stuff like that so i don't know I, yeah I, I guess just like being growing up it wasn't ever like crying was never wrong it was more just i never that wasn't the way to express yourself that wasn't the way i saw people express themselves and so right. like now it's like when people cry i'm like oh man like something's, up. something's really wrong <laughs> if you're crying holy shit <clears throat> Yeah, so Jenny doesn't. Jenny's not. Jenny cries, not a ton, but she'll she'll cry at uh, certain movies and show. I mean, not like she'll well up. And last time I really saw her cry was 
when we dropped Dylan off. That's cool. So she did, yeah, okay, so she did cry when you guys dropped him well, off? She, she didn't want to show him, right? So she says goodbye first. She goes, I just got to get in the car. So she gets in the car. And then Ashley, and then me and Ashley and I are both just... <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fucking fuck, right? And, and then we get out of Karsten and get on the highway, and then she just lets loose for like three, four, five miles, just fucking falling. I'm like, do you want me to drive here? No, no. God. <laughs> and, uh, and then she did when... When I took when I took him because she, she she didn't go when I took him this fall. She's again it's just real quick, hugs him, starts crying, and she bolts him to the house. That's a, she's just a little different. I think that has something to do with Bob. Not that it's a bad thing, but just so like you know, Bob's probably not that emotional. In that no, sense, no, I've never. Well, let, let me see if I. Um, I never. I saw him tear up once when he was saying you're sorry about my dad's death oh and then I guess when their dog Dylan died their Dalmatian which they got when Jenny and I were dating we were probably dating I don't know two years maybe mm-hmm. they were living in Fort Collins they got this Dalmatian we came home for the weekend and when Dylan Dylan was the name of the dog and when he died he was Pat said he was Fucking bomb for like three days. She'd never seen it before. They were that close. Really? With the dog. Yeah. Hmm. So. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be great when Hogan passes. Oh, God. I am really not looking forward to that day. Obviously, that's a sad day, but Ashley will be a wreck for a month. Let's hope it doesn't happen in like before the. <laughs> Before the, need to get know, the guy in the wagon. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> He'll hang on, I think. He seems to be doing okay. I all things He's considered. So fucking slow. Yeah. Right? I mean, back in the day, I was trying to get him in the house, I kicked him in the ass. He'd trot me, trot. He'd get up there, get a little speed going. Now he's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Fuck <And> you. <laughs> but he likes to. So, <clears throat> So this afternoon, I came home from work, had lunch, and then just got in. So I said, I'll just work from home for a couple hours and finish up at the office and come here because it'll be easier. And I just got so <coughs> engulfed with shit. And then here he is, just calling the hogs. I'm like, he, I got to let him out before I go because he'll piss somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to wake him up. He wouldn't wake him up. Like, you fucking wake me up twice. Get the fuck up. So I kicked him in his ass and he kind of looks up at me and I go, let's go. Well, anyway, but, well, you know, I think he does stuff kind of just like, oh. So last night he got me up once to take him. He usually gets me up twice to take him out. So I've been putting a thing over his water dish upstairs. So he can't drink at night? so much water, right? Is he just, I, I don't, under, is he always thirsty or is that uh, like a nervous thing? A but... He drinks a ton. So his body must be needing it. So yeah. he will trounce downstairs and go to the other bowl by the kitchen. So it was about one, I let him out to take a leak. He comes back in about five forty five. He gets me up again. And I get up and he just wants me to pet him. I was like, oh, I'm kill him. 
He's just whining out the pen. I ain't fucking playing this game. I get back in bed and he goes back to sleep. But yeah, he's always kind of done that sporadically. Like, like uh, it's, it's whatever in the morning. I need, I need some love. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody give me no love Nobody around you. No <laughs> so, you don't think you'll get another dog after Hogan? No. Ever? Oh, I can't say ever, but uh, as much as we travel. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, you just can't. You're going to want to do that more when you're you do it, keep, older. You know, more as we get older. And then I don't want to palm up on you all the time. You know. So the way I look at it is I get you and Ashley a dog. Right? Mm-hmm. And I get to babysit him whenever I want. No. You could have a sleepover with your grand dog. With my grand dog. Yeah. So, yeah, I just don't. I don't know. Maybe when we're retired and retirement community and I got a dog I don't know I just I love dogs I'm a dog lover it's just I just they're a lot of work especially you know we could never put Hogan somebody I'd always watch him because you know how to get that separation anxiety yeah. you just never know what dogs that you're going to get so I have, who knows I could change my not mine but for now that's, there you go <clears throat> that's the plan it's going to be hard not having something around the house, though. I'm sure it'll be a pretty big void. For sure. Because you've always had kids or the dog. Or the dog. Maybe I'll get a ferret. <laughs> or a ferret? It's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. Something with minimal... Tortoise? Tortoise? Yeah, you don't have to do shit for those. Uh-huh. But then you'll probably never fucking know it's there. What kind of dog is this? <laughs> is that a cat in a hat? <laughs> no, it's a tortoise. It's a, a shell. tortoise in a shell. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I haven't even asked you any of the questions on here. Oh, wow. Okay. These are really only for to fill voids. Like if we're not talking about any, something. Any good ones? Well, let's see here. Well, so we kind of already talked about, I mean, I told Ashley I want to talk to you about, you know, it's a very multiple part question and comment, but, you know, obviously Ashley and I look up to you and Jenny's marriage quite a bit, and it's the same with the parenting dynamic. I mean, not to say that I don't look up to my father's, my dad's dynamic as well and the way he brought me up, but, you know, mine was a lot more traditional, like... I don't even know if traditional is the right word. They weren't like younger parents like you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like, how did you get, how did you manage that dynamic with your kids? Because it was never like, it was always like you were always the fun parents, but you also your kids weren't like little shits. It wasn't like yeah, I that had same that thing. Question posed to me in a variety of different ways. Um, like. It, it, it's it, it's pretty simple. I mean, knock on wood, it, wood, it worked out for us. It's uh, you just you love on them and you love on them and you love on them, and then when they get to a point where they can know right from wrong, you give them a rope, see if they hang themselves. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what you do. And then when you discipline them, you just you try to discipline them right. You know what I mean? 
Because um, Jenny was always usually the disciplinary when she was the one that was spanking asses and screaming and yelling. And then if it got to my level, then you knew you were really fucked. <laughs> so, right. And I, that was very few times that I, that, that happened with me. And your daughter got me to that point more than my son. She she would. My daughter. My I mean, <laughs> sorry, your, shut up, Nick. My daughter. She's she's the one that would push the boundaries. Really? I thought it was Dylan. No. Ashley no, always says she was the golden child. She was. Ashley was great. She was always. Ashley always wanted to have please people. She always wanted to. She did, she, and she did. But when she got pressured by friends, friends, to have, so you've heard this story. So she's like, you know me, I'm a fun-loving guy. I'd rather the kids be at my house drinking and staying the night than gallivant and doing doing it outside and possibly getting in trouble or getting hurt or whatever. So I just always told the kids. I'm sure most parents tell their kids, if you're in a situation that you feel uncomfortable or feel in danger, just call me. I don't care what time of the night it is in the morning. I will come pick you up. Know this, and I no questions asked. Period. I will not say shit. <clears throat> so I instilled that in them from day one, and then <laughs> and then Ashley, she says, Dad, can I have a few people over and think that you know they might might have a couple of beers? <laughs> I'm like that's fine. Well, she took that and she ran with it, right? So she's just going to have a couple people over. Well, the couple turns into how many? A dozen, right? It was more than that from what well, I heard. Well, no, this was the first time. Um, so we're over at the Patances partying one night. We come home and I go down to the basement and I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Right? And I kind of let it go and then I was thinking, yeah, yeah. Probably gotta send them home. I came down. I go, you guys got another thirty minutes, and then you gotta get rides. And she did it like two, two or three more times. It kind of became a, not a habit. She'd do it a couple more times, and more people. And then marijuana was there at some point outside, the, you know, underneath the deck. And then I said, that's not gonna work. So then we left for. Jenny's real estate um, awards banquet down in the springs, and that's when she had the prom mm. blowout, which was probably the biggest party that neighborhoods ever. Seen. And wasn't that you didn't you told her like nobody for that one, right? We said nobody, and then Jenny had it on a big whiteboard saying, "Take care of your dog, nobody over," and just flat out lied to my face, right? She might tell you different, but I know. <clears throat> I didn't raise my voice to her or anything. I just, I got her in the act and I just, just told her, I said, hmm, I had all that stuff, you know. Do you have any people that you have over? Oh, just, and I go, just start pulling out bottles of empty booze. I'm like, how many people were they able to do this? And she just starts crying. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Ashley. <laughs> Calls your mom. Oh, she bolts. I didn't know that. She's in her room balling, right? So I'm doing working or doing whatever. And unbeknownst to me, she leaves the house and 
She calls Grandma. Dude, I don't even know what she told. But yeah, so Ashley was as a young kid. Dylan was tougher to deal with. He wasn't that tough, but he, he, you know, he had a temper, right? Mm -hmm. And he'd get pissed at her, and I'd correct him, and he'd get mad. And so as a younger kid, he was more difficult to deal with. Um, but Dylan knew early on that he couldn't do what most high schoolers could do because of what he wanted. To right. Do. So, but yeah, they're both great kids. I'm very, very fortunate, very, very lucky. And uh, yeah, but that that's our recipe. We just, you know, you treat them right. You, you have mutual respect for each other. You know, and this is goes for relationships for you and Ashley. I don't think you can truly love somebody until you respect them. If you respect them, you can love them as much as you want, mm -hmm. right? But if you don't respect them, I don't think you can truly love somebody. So that goes with husband, wife, kids. So that's a long-winded answer to your question. So drink my mug. Yeah, it's always, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just different upbringing, you know, Jenny and I are both. Well, you're young, I mean, for the most part, well, not even younger parents, but just younger compared to my parents. Like, when my parents, when I was in high school, my parents couldn't keep up, really. I mean, my mom, there was one time where I really stepped out of line and disobeyed my mom, and she was like, okay, time to roll up the sleeves and beat some ass. Like, really let me have it, but, and my dad was always, you know, I, again, I never really did anything that bad, like, I never really got caught doing anything that bad. I mean, I had parties and stuff, but I was always but you, smart but about you it. A bad kid, though. No, Man. like again, like stupid kid shit. I got into like the normal kid, like actually throwing parties. I mean, there was like one. The only abnormal thing was my fucking friend setting my shirt on fire while we were sitting under the mil a middle school hangover, like the roof. Set your that you were wearing on fire. Yeah. Oh, nice. And so I'm like running out and like tearing the shirt off, throwing it in a puddle, and of course a police officer rolls up right there and whoop! Like, what the fuck are you kids doing? And I was like, uh. <laughs> but yeah, she really let me have it for that one. Dad, again, even on that one, was like, you know, you're not supposed to do that, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, so why'd you do it? And I was like, well, we were digging around with a lighter, and he was like, do you have the lighter? I was like, no. The cop took. He's like, if I catch you with the lighter, I'm gonna fucking break it, and then you're grounded. Without dropping the f bomb, if I catch you with the lighter, you're gonna break. I'm gonna break it, and you're grounded. And I was like, okay, fair enough. It was more just like my dad. <laughs> my dad had a really good way of making me feel like an idiot when I did stupid stuff, right? Yeah. I was like, you're not. Right. He's like, what are you, you doing? Know, and then you know the expectation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you don't. I mean, you obviously don't want your parents to be disappointed in you. My dad never. I mean, obviously, there's that thing where, you know, I'm mad versus I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed, and that's when like kids are supposed to like. My dad never said that. It was always just like. Look at me like I was fucking stupid, and just be like, like you, you know better. Like he was like, do I have to tell you not to do that? I was like, I, he's like, I figured it was common knowledge not to do. I was like, no, I know I was being fucking stupid. He's like, good, then I don't have to tell you. Yeah, <clears throat> the disappointment thing seems to work a hell of a lot better than just raging mad. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because as a kid, you know, it's okay to get raging mad. I never really lost my shit on the on the kids. Um, actually, if it got to my level. I mean, um, yeah, it wasn't pretty, but um, 
they kind of knew it. They had to come talk to me. They they had that look in there. I'm like, oh boy, what am I gonna die? <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, it all worked out. So Dylan, yeah, I mean Dylan really didn't drink and get in any sort. Of, I mean, he got drunk once, and it was obvious. But on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Yeah. Sweet. Sunday fun day. Yeah. I just knew when he walked to the top of the stairs. I was like. Dude, I'm fine, I'm tired of going to bed. <laughs> just like speech was like not good. I'm like, go back to the bed. I'm like, oh, honey, I think he's been drinking. I'm going to smell his breath. I walk in there, like, bud, you been drinking? No, you smell your breath. I go, yeah, you're lying. <laughs> he was so hammered. I'm like, get to bed, put him to bed. Put the trash can by his bed. I said, we'll talk about it tomorrow when you get out when you get home from school. I was that calm. Yeah. Because it can do no good to get any right. ass right then. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> so I got home from school and Jenny and I were at the kitchen table and he walks in to the kitchen. He starts bawling. <laughs> right. Is Dylan a crier too? He was saying, "Oh, I like Dylan tells like he tells you or when he goes if I see my dad cry I'm fucked." Yeah. Right. But he's he's the same line as me. He's got a big heart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he's he's not like me, but yeah, he's a, he's a crier. He's a crier. <laughs> You're gonna become a crier. <laughs> I'm definitely not gonna be a crier. I mean, maybe when I have kids, I guess I don't know. But well, I don't know, man. When I took Charlie to the hot or the vet, I have like. Like dog, like animals, I have such a soft spot for. Yeah. Like I can't. I mean, like Same. I want, I want to hunt, but I couldn't fucking kill a deer mm-hmm. or an elk unless it was the first shot and it was dead and I was from a distance and I walk up. But if it was still breathing, like struggling when I showed up, no way, I would lose my I'm, shit. I'm the same. I couldn't either. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I could blow a bird up. See, yeah, exactly. I could do a small game like yeah. that. But I remember I was, I fucking, I was dicking around and I, when we, I grew up on forty acres and I was. Messing around with a BB gun, I shot a rabbit right in the eye, oh, and it started doing a bunch of flips and having like a seizure. And I was like, "Oh my god!" It was just like, it wasn't dead and it wouldn't die. And I like go to my dad, like, "Dad, what do I do?" He's like, "You go out there and you break its neck." I was like, "I can't do that." And he was like, "You shot it in the eye." He was like, "You need to go put it out of its misery. You need to go do it quickly." <laughs> so I didn't want to like physically handle it and break its neck because I was so. Did you just step on it. I hit it with the butt of my gun, and then it just starts doing more flips. <laughs> my dad's looking out the window. He's like, just break its goddamn neck and put it out of its misery. So I, and I bawled and bawled and bawled and cried for probably like two, it traumatized me for like three days. And like even to this day, I think about it, and I still just feel yeah, horrible about I it. I couldn't shoot Bambi. Mm-mm. I mean, granted, if it's a life or death situation. Well, yeah, if you need to survive, right. it's different, but it's like, and I have no problem with people who hunt in any way, shape, or form, but it's just like, I couldn't, yeah. I don't think I could physically bring myself to do it, unless it's like, yeah, like, waterfowl, like, any kind of duck and geese yeah. and shit like that, I, I could probably do, just because they tend to, usually are dead by the time the dog sure. brings them back. Right. Um, but I mean... I used to have to break the roosters, the dominant rooster's neck in the chicken coop growing up, too. Really? 
Because it would you fucking grab it and just twist it. Or? So you grab it and you fucking spin it around. <laughs> no shit. My dad. How does it take? Not that many. It's a quick. Like it's probably done after the first one, honestly. But you keep doing it to make sure it doesn't survive. Wow. Because I remember, like, I remember just watching my dad do it, and I was like, "Why do you have to kill the rooster?" And he was like, "Well, if I don't kill that rooster, he's gonna start killing the. He's gonna kill like the baby rooster, like the rooster that oh, hatched." Okay. <laughs> Because it's a dominant thing, right? It wants to be the only one that fucks all the hens. And so I remember going out there and just grabbing it by the neck. And, and How old were you? Um, probably like 10, 11. Which most people... That traumatize you? No, not really. No. I think in that case, my dad explained it to me in such a way that... I mean, like, yeah, it, it, I didn't like doing it. It wasn't like... This rooster needs to die. I felt bad about it, but it wasn't like the fucking rabbit experience where I had to... And even, like, I used to kill prairie dogs growing up, too, and that was fine because my dad told me, and this is the case, they dig so many goddamn holes in the horse pasture that if a horse breaks its leg, we have to fucking put the horse down. Yeah. Which is a lot more sad than blowing a prairie dog's head oh, off. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but, yeah, no, I can't... I, I'll never be, like, a big game hunter of any sort. No. That's one thing I regret... My dad, so my dad fished and hunted as a kid, mainly like said bird hunting. Um, I don't know if he went big game hunting or not, but he did it for they did it for food, right? Pheasant, and yeah, fished a shit ton. Um, so he, so he did go hunting with my brother once or twice when I was young and whatnot. But that's one thing I kind of regret. I wish I would have went bird hunting with him. So does Jimmy hunt now? I don't know if he does or not. Yeah. I don't think that that pup could fucking walk. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, that, oh yeah, I want to tie back around to this. So, how were your parents like? Were you, or, and how were you as a kid? Like, were you? I was a good kid. You were a good kid, but like, did you ever get caught like drinking and throwing a party and stuff like that? Never threw parties. My parents were always home. We, you know, grew. Up, I grew up in a small house. Dude, my dad built our house um, that my mom still lives in. It's three bedroom. I think it's. I don't even know if it's 1,300 square feet. It's small. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're a family of five. Shared a room with my brother. Um, so we grew up. Dude, I, I mean, no, I didn't really. I didn't. Was I mischievous? Sure, every boy is. Right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, we did. I mean, we threw, we threw snowballs at buses and cars and dirt cloths and stuff like that. Right? But we didn't. You know, ding-dong ditching. This is your typical stuff, but we didn't... Never vandalized anything. Um, drinking. <clears throat> the first time I drank, I was... Hmm, summer going into my freshman year, I think. Jones got blitzed. It was spring break. Jones got just hammered. And we went to a movie, and he upchucked in the movie, so we had to leave. The first time I think I got drunk, I was probably a sophomore in high school. And that's all it took. But back then, it was so easy to get yeah. booze. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I was one of the oldest in my class, so I drove early. So we'd go to the local, hang out by the local liquor store. So that same little plaza where the classic lounge was where my dad hung out in the bowling alley, there was a liquor store there. So we went for some young 
21, 22 year old and say, hey, here, can you go buy some beer? And Mr. Mr. Um. Right, yeah. So we do that. And then a couple of my brother's friends who didn't attend college <coughs> that I was friends with, God, we abused them. We would go to their house like, like clockwork at Friday night. If we didn't get there before 7, we had to wait until Miami Vice was over because they watched Miami Vice every Friday. They had their shows that they would watch before they would go out. <clears throat> so if we didn't get there before then, we'd have to wait. But they'd buy us our booze and we'd drink and go to parties and whatever. And yeah, there was a lot of drinking and driving back then, which was stupid. Right. But it was way different because, you know, the towns weren't as populated and... Right. If you got pulled over and you weren't blatantly hammered, the cops would um, just take the remainder of your booze and say, get the fuck home, mm -hmm. kind of deal. We used to hang out at the 7-Eleven by our high school. It was a hangout place. and I could, So then I could buy 3-2 uh, beer. There was like two or three of us that were grandfathered in to buy 3-2 beer, so I was everybody's buddy, right, buying wine coolers for the girl <laughs> <laughs> and then you know beer so I didn't have to pay for much gas my senior year I pocketed enough money oh, yeah. for that and then um, so one night we were there a bunch of kids were at this and I parked kind of cattywampus in the parking lot not in the, not in the parking space you know because we all had to piss and a couple of us ran into the 7-Eleven to pee and then my buddy Mark Caminetti Get out of the truck and just start pissing in the parking lot. The cop pulls up. So he's drunk, gets in a decent exposure. So the cop's like, who's driving this truck? He's like, well, I don't know. I don't know. And the cop's like, who's driving this truck? He didn't say it was me. He said, I think they're in the 7-Eleven. So the cop comes into the 7-Eleven. And we're just getting ready to come up. Who's graying our charcoal and black uh, Ford F-150 is out here and I'm like oh fuck because we were just coming from a party to pick up some beer and go back and I just did a beer bomb just one right so by that time they got Mark in a, a squad car and <clears throat> they come up to me and they said how much have you had to drink tonight I go oh, I haven't had any right mm -hmm. and, they, and, they, and then he goes well I'm dealing with your buddy so I'm calling in another cop so he calls in another cop, and this cop happened to be pretty cool. And he said, you been drinking? I go, no. And he did. What did he do? He did the ABC test on me, and I passed that. And he goes, I want to believe you, but I think it's probably smart if you call your mom, have her come pick you up and leave your car here, which that's never going to happen this day and age, yeah, right? exactly. So I call my mom from the payphone at the 7-Eleven. And I said, Mom, I haven't been drinking, but here's what happened. And she... She believed me, so she came and picked me up. I didn't get in get to any trouble, and um, but yeah, I got mainly my senior year because we partied so much. My senior year it was crazy, um, so I think it was one of our first graduation parties. We had senior skip day, and we all got mullered, and there was a party just down the street from me at a, a girlfriend's house. We went there come from another party and we were like the first ones there so we parked and waited for him and passed out in the car oh man okay by the time me and my buddy wake up we're like 
Nobody had shown up, but everybody had come to the party and left. They didn't know we were in the car. So he took off, and I just lived like six houses down. I had no idea what time it was. Walking home, and my mom and my brother are coming out of the house to come look at look for me at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, shit. And my brother just starts beating the shit out of me. I mean, like, beating the shit out of me, Brad. You know, hitting me in the ribs, back of the head. My mom's in front walking to open the front door, and, and I was hammered. But at that time, my mom and dad were split up for like six months, so my mom calls my dad that early in the morning. He's like, your son's drunk. You need to come over here and deal with him. So he came over that well, he came over that same morning, so it had to be like four. He walks to the front door and he starts laughing at me. And I'm just sitting <laughs> at the kitchen table and like, oh, <laughs> And he put me to bed. Did the old trash can thing. I didn't puke or anything. So, I mean, I, I got caught drinking a few times. But, I mean, I never did drugs, ever. And right. I had no intention to do drugs. They scared me. Um, so, I mean, I was, yeah, I didn't. You didn't try pot till college, right? Yeah, I tried pot second semester freshman year. And I think I did it like half a dozen times. First three, I didn't inhale enough to do anything. And then mm -hmm. the first time I did it, and it affected all oh my God. <laughs> I remember going back to my dorm room, sitting in the corner and just laughing my ass off for <laughs> fucking eternity I felt like just by myself then people come in just go Stuart right? <laughs> so yeah no so I never did I, you know I chased poon yeah and I drank and man no I didn't I didn't do anything I wasn't a bad kid I was I mean you know Jonesy was a he got a DUI in high school oh really Sorry, summer. Sorry, it's summer freshman going to our. Hold on, let me think. Summer going to our freshman year of college. We were on a date. We were drinking, and he forgot. We went and got more beer at a 7 Eleven. And when we pulled out of the 7 Eleven, he forgot to turn his lights on. Because back then it was manual lights, yep. right? And so the cops saw the car with no <clears throat> lights on. I got pulled over, and we had to stay in the car. And the cops said, you have somebody come pick you up. Don't even attempt to drive this car, because we know you've all been drinking, too. So Jones was in the back of the cop car. <laughs> he told the cop car, or told the cop, he said, I got to piss. I got to piss bad. One lesson, he just fucking pissed all over the cop car. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, <clears throat> nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah, I mean, I never heard the story. I, I, I don't think my father or my mother was ever bad. Well, my mom rarely, rarely ever drank or she never, she's never tried pot in her life. My mom was the straightest arrow on the planet. My mom drinks now more than she. My mom never, she'll drink on accident. Like. Fourth of July, like ten years ago, this one like or maybe longer than that when Mike's card first came out. Oh yeah, we put it in a solo cup and gave it to her, and she slugged that thing down. She goes, "Boy, this is really good." <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, she had a second one, 
my mom does not drink, and my mom was a little woman, right? So she says, what is, because I don't understand, I feel weird. And so I lift, lift up the bottle of Mike's heart, and I say, Mom, this is alcohol. And she motherfucked me. That's <laughs> got you little shit. So yeah, so she's, she maybe purposely got drunk, I would say, less than a handful of times yeah. in her life. So she was a, I'm getting tissue. My mom was was everything. You know, my dad was, you know, worked his ass off as a in the construction business, you know, from dusk to dawn or dawn to dusk. And then she not only worked, but she, you know, was a mom. Mm -hmm. She busted her. They both busted their hump. So why? I guess, you know, your dad being blue collar. I get you never had any knack in construction or anything like that growing up or anything like that? Zero. He never thought you should be on a construction job over the summer or something like that? No. When I, I knew from oh, probably the age of 11 or 12 that I wanted to be a golf pro. Mm. And he said, chase it. Chase it. I don't want you doing what I do. Because that you know, back then with construction, you know, they you, you bust your hump all day, and then when you're done with your day, you award yourself by having some gold ones. Yep. Right. That's just the nature of that industry. Mm -hmm. And my mom did not like that, um, but that's what <clears> my dad did, and you know, so they struggled. That <clears throat> my dad struggled with. I mean, he, I, you could you could say he was probably an alcoholic, but he, he and then my dad. He would. He was one of those guys. He would get ornery when he got not 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 to the kids ever. I shouldn't say that. Never to me. Rarely to my sister. But when my brother got to be in high school and you know my brother played football and lifted weights, was getting bigger. And then he felt maybe like he had to show Jimmy that he was the boss. So he picked on my brother some. Never me. And then he picked on my mom. Just big fights. That wasn't abusive or anything. And then he did it when I got older. So when I got older, I stood up to him once or twice. And that wasn't fun. <laughs> that wasn't fun. Um, but that's just, again, that's that industry. And <clears throat> But yeah, my mom, she was, she's awesome. She's awesome. She just, like, she did so much for every, you know, three kids. She raised three kids. Worked a full-time job. And always had dinner on the table at, Six o'clock, got mm -hmm. home at five thirty. House was <clears throat> spotless. I mean, we had chores, um, but she just was like she wore a cape, like a lot of moms. Right. She wore a cape, and my dad, you know, my dad just busted his balls. What he did, and they didn't make very much money. Right. Right. So was that kind of like? I mean, obviously you're. I mean, more successful than your parents were. I mean, you and Jenny are more successful money-wise, financially-wise than you and her were growing up. Mm -hmm. So was that like a motivation for you at all? Or was that more or less like, I mean, you're obviously a very personable guy. So it's only natural that you went into a sales role and that's what your role has usually been. So I guess, did that motivate you at all to like make more money or no, was it more just no, like... No, it was, it was, it was being happy. 
Yeah. Whatever you're going to decide you want to do, you just want to be happy. And golf was everything to me. But then when I got into the golf business, so the golf is how I was really motivated to become a pro is my uncle Jerry mm-hmm. in Ogallala. That's you know I know that story. I've been going there since I was eight years old. So I saw his lifestyle as a young kid. He worked hard, but he played hard. He had fun. He played golf. I'm like, I want to do that, right? So by the time I got around to doing that, the industry had changed. Shit, even from when I initially went to school. Um, so the early '90s, that's when a lot of golf management companies came out, and golf management companies started taking over the industry. And it just so when I my freshman year. At New Mexico State, so this was 1990. <coughs> was it 1990? 1990? The national average uh, salary for a head pro back then was 75,000 bucks a year. It's pretty good, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, eh, okay, do that. By the time I graduated, it went to 48,000. Oh, shit. So as a first assistant, not a head pro, because you're not going to become a head pro right out of school. You got to, you know, you got to earn your stripes. Um, you couldn't make any money in the industry, and here I am, you know, working at a golf course, six days a week, eight ten hours a day. I lost my love for golf. I, that's the last place I wanted to be was a golf course because I was there all the time and mm-hmm. I wasn't playing. Right. And uh, and then Ash, uh, Jenny was pregnant with Ash, and I'm like. I can't fucking do this. There's no way. And I ended up getting, actually getting fired from my job um, because the, the guy never paid me the bonus he owed me, so I ended up taking the small claims court. Long story. And then, so my buddy, who was also in the golf business, whose dad was the head pro at the municipal I grew up at, <clears throat> said, selling cars. Come sell cars with me. I'm like, I ain't fucking selling cars. He goes, no, it's a different. It's it's a different dealership. It's it's a family-owned business. It's not a your typical you know auto sales place. I'm like, mm-hmm. Okay. So I went there and I sold cars for a year and a half and I made a hell of a lot more money than I did when I was in the golf business. Right. So I was there all the time. You know, even on your days off, you feel like if you weren't there, you're missing a sale. Right. So <clears throat> I didn't. I really, I didn't, I didn't probably play golf for, I don't know, probably three, four, five, well, three or four, five years probably. And then Chad called me and said, I'm gonna do, you know, just call me talk about what are you doing these days? You know, I'm doing loan officer mortgage business. I'm like, okay, how's that going? And he told me the money he was making. I'm like, Chad, you're so full of shit. There's no way. She so goes, no, come, come down here. I'll show you my pay stubs. So he shows me his pay stubs. I'm like, Chad can do it. <laughs> I can. If Chad can do it, I can do it. Right. So I talked to his boss, who was Freddie Provenzano, who was another friend of mine, friend of Chad's, and they were going to hire me, but they, they couldn't because of nepotism, because my cousin was oh, working yeah. there. <clears throat> so my brother knew a guy named Dave Oliver, who was a manager of a, a company called MNC Mortgage, and he hired me, so that's how I got my start in mortgage. And then, how old were you then for that? Let's see. I want to say 
Fucking time. Yeah, then I'm 39. <laughs> Ten whole years of slinging mortgages. <laughs> yeah, 20, 22 years. Wow. Long time. It's been fairly good to you. Yeah, there's been some lane. I mean, that's, you know, it's up and down. Depending on what the real estate market's like, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been. I would say if you put a percentage on it, it would probably be. You could send what you. Depends on what you consider good. Well, livable and not. I'd say 75%. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's sales, right? Yeah. Like, you're. Yeah, I mean, everyone it's not has. As everyone sales. has good. I mean, they come to you some, right? And then you just gotta. Just like in any sales capacity, I mean, the first thing you gotta do is establish trust, right? You establish trust, you present them a good product, an honest product. I just know my closing ratio is really good. I mean, you get somebody, like when I was selling cars, I called it, get them in the box. So if you get them in front of you, and you try, if I get somebody in the box, I still relate it to that. There's an 85% chance I'm closing that deal. Dave calls those the at-bats. Whatever you determine, right? Yep. I get in front of them, I'm going to get the deal, usually. Because this is my, you know... Not pat myself on the back, just my personality. <clears throat> it is, and it's. I mean, right. Coming from a sale or being in the sales position, position that I'm in, I'd say you're more equipped for that position than I am. Yeah. As of, I mean, I do get along with people, but my, I think my biggest flaw is like I am so I am very self conscious to begin with about you know what they're thinking of me, and do I know enough to sell this product, and are they not taking me seriously or whatever. And so I think that's the main thing I have to get past. But yeah, you got. And it took me a long time to get to where you know you had to you have to call you got to call people. Mm -hmm. You have to call people. You have to ask for the sale. That's it, 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 you take it so personal when you hear a no, right? Every salesman goes through that. You're going to hear a lot of no's before you hear a yes. Then you get to the point where it's just a, it's just a numbers game. So with you. You're young. You're, you're going through what everybody goes through. It's nothing new, but the sooner you can get to the point where you're like, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. I know I'm good at this. I have a good product. If they don't realize it, you know, they can go take a flying leap off a rolling donut. Right. That The sooner you can realize that, establish that, adopt that, you'll, you'll, you'll start getting more deals mm -hmm. and that's and it's not easy it's always easier said than done right right but yeah yeah i mean i haven't had to do i mean i haven't had to do really that many cold calls lately just because i have whether referrals or call-ins or whatever it might be i have been able to keep kind of busy with or mostly busy with that stuff but i mean i know part of me like any minute that i have i need to be getting on the phones and trying to call or at least stopping in somewhere or calling someone I know and saying, hey, listen, hey, let's take a look at your insurance or whatever. And it's just, but it still takes a lot for me to do that. Well, I tell you where I've, <clears throat> I've failed. You know, I know a ton of people, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've not networked. Pro when I look back, 
I'm not networked like I should have networked. Right. You know, I just never, <clears throat> just like, you know, I, I, certain there's a time and place for that, but I didn't take advantage of a lot of instances instances where I should have. Yeah. Well, it, it is hard to find that sweet spot, right? I mean, for instance, I'm in NoCo Unify, or I just joined. Right. You definitely don't want to be, I don't want to be handing out business cards and trying to sell people policies right away. But at some point, I have to find that, you know, listen, if you ever look at, like, especially with a lot of the guys in there are in the, you know, they own construction companies or whatever, any kind of company that I can write, and I could easily sell them a policy, or I could easily, I have, I'm equipped enough to, write their insurance right but i don't want to step on toes and i don't want to come out like i'm in this group just to network because i'm not like i do want to help uh with like child charities and, sure. and troubled youth and right. um special needs youth but also at the same rate I'm, I'm in it to build relationships but again it's finding that sweet spot it's saying okay well you know how can i leverage this relationship into um whether it's with that person or with their friends and associates, a sale. And that's what I'm trying to find. That's what I'm trying to work out right now. I've been working it out for a while. Is, and I haven't reached out to any family. I, my sister, I'm writing her insurance right now, and I waited her for like, her to come ask me and ask me all these questions. I never reached out to her. I was like, you know what? I don't want to... You want some level of confidence in what you're doing before you go do that. Exactly. Right? You want people... Yeah. You don't want to feel like it's a pity party. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah, sure, like, the relationship is that you're my sister, but I want you to feel comfortable having your insurance with me and knowing that I will take care of you. Right. And that's the thing I'm find, uh, trying to work out right now is, okay, so how do I use these relationships to my advantage without coming off as, like, a sleazy <laughs> used car salesman? No offense to you. Right. <laughs> no, right. I mean, that, that's exactly how... You feel sometimes, you know, sales people as a whole get a bad rap, but if it wasn't for sales people, the world would stop turning. Right. That, right. We're an integral part of making the world go around. So, mm -hmm. you, know, be, be, you know, like I said, just be, be confident in what you're doing and have some pride and, you know, you, you're going to get kicked in the dick a lot of times and realize that's going to happen and you just kind of just got to say, fuck it. Yep. And that takes a while to get to that mm -hmm. juncture. I mean, shit, when I was in Berthoud, my hometown, and got told to fuck off two accounts in a row when I was prospecting, that that was like right when I started prospecting, too. I was like... Then you get self-doubt. Right? I was like, is this how it's always going to be? I fucking go into Dave's office. I was like, I got told to fuck off twice today, and he just laughs. He's like, yeah. what? I was like, I got told to fuck off by two people in my hometown. I didn't know them, but I told them I was from Berthoud, and I wanted to take a look at their insurance, and they said... One of them politely to fuck off, the other not so politely to fuck off. And he was like, holy shit. I'm like, yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. I was like, really? Yeah. That's how it goes? And it's yeah. just like, yeah, I don't know, yeah. You, you wait. By the time you guys have your first child, you'll be doing good. I just want to get to that point Can where... You break? Yeah.
Well, he said he didn't really get. I mean, it hurt. So the first time he caught him with them, he got. He said he got a little piece off, but the second time it was not that. Well, again, here's here's how I handle that as a as a parent. I mean, you tell me how this is going to go. Tell me how it's going to benefit you and get you where you want to go, and I'm all for it. This is a little bit different, though, right? I mean, it's one of those things where, for me, these calm my help me dial in and calm my nerves. Make I mean, I've been chewing since. Yeah, but he has a different. He gets a buzz out of it. I'm like, let me. Why do you need? It's really not a buzz. I don't feel it anymore. Then why does he do it? Is he still doing it anymore? No, he doesn't do it nearly as much anymore. Like when we went to, when we went and visited over Thanksgiving break, he was bumming, bumming, literally like bumming them off of me because, you know, that he would get that buzz. So I think he, the difference between Bill and I is I don't, I can't tell he even has them on. Really? I can if you. Well, when I talk, yeah, I pick it up here. If I smile, I mean. So it's upper left T right there? Yeah. Or above it if you want to do it. But I mean, Dylan did like it for the buzz. I mean, he. I think he stopped when he stopped getting the buzz, which is more than I can say for myself. Now it's like a it's a real addiction for me. So what? So you chewed for? I mean, I chewed from sophomore year of baseball up until probably two years into astronaut dating, and then stopped and started a couple times. Stopped and started a couple times, and then these came out, and these are you know they don't have fiberglass in them. They're just nicotine. I'm sure they're still bad for you in some way, shape, or form because it's a foreign chemical that you're putting into your bloodstream. But they're not, they don't have nearly as much shit in them as a Copenhagen Long Club or a Skull or anything like that. Sounds like a hot American version of this. I never got any cigarettes. (coughs) I remember the few times where I would chew the cigarette when I was drunk, it would give you the head rush. But mine would just be bedridden the next day. That's one thing. I probably, I. Puffed off of a cigarette, like imitation, I- imitating Andrew Garfield with my hanging out boyfriend cigarette. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can say that for sure. <laughs> That's the only time I ever really got into high about hitting a cigarette. Wow. Yeah, my five fingers smelled like smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're sh- they're horrible for you. I mean, they're horrible. <laughs> Cancer sticks. Even. <laughs> But even it was so funny because even when I <coughs> when I chewed and I saw smokers, I would just be like, "You guys are fucking disgusting." <laughs> or like <laughs> just grab your lip in, and like you guys are fucking gross. That's gonna kill you one day. Right. <laughs> Here I am getting a hole in my lip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never. Dis- well, um, so my you know my brother and his parents did that too, and he said first they know, chewed or they smoked. Chewed. Yeah. Well, my brother was in the process, but he said. Because he's got a bad reaction to it. He was um, Japanese, adopted. Oh, really? Oh, okay. But he was, uh, he was raised Catholic, so um, chewed and drank, and he was just a good dude, really good guy. But we called him Fong. His name was Jeff Wilson. We called him <laughs> Fong. And uh, he, when we're coming home, they picked us up from soccer practice that morning or whatever it was. He came home and said, Chris, want to try some chew? That was the most intense buzz for five minutes I've ever had in my entire life. They couldn't get the car to... So it was only like a block and a half when we were to our house. 
like, open the door. <laughs> and I just turkey burped all over the place. So did Jones. But Jones ended up chewing. Because Jones played baseball in high school. Jones still chews. Jones still chews. I don't think at time. It's usually when he's when he's golfing. Yeah. But yeah, oh yeah, he's he's still chew. I don't think he does it on on the regular, but yeah. He's a crazy fucker, isn't he? Jesus. Yeah, he is. He's funny though. <laughs> he's, he's he's funny. Um Yeah, I mean if I put like a long cut dip in now that I'm I'm Can't flying. Imagine. When was the last time you had a chew? Um, I was golfing with O over the summer, and I threw in a dip of long cut with him. And I was sitting there, and we were drinking, too, and I was just like, oh, my God, like, nodding back and forth, and I started getting a little green in the face. I was yeah. like, nope. It's different. That, that, it's it's so much different. That is an intense buzz, yeah. right? I mean, heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and see, that's the thing. Like, when I first did, when I first tried Chew, it was freshman year. And the seniors made us do it on the back of the bus. Like, Nick, come here. And they fucking pack a can. I was like, no, I don't, I don't want it. And they're like, you're going to fucking do it. Right. I was like, okay, fine. So I throw it in, and I'm just, <laughs> I ended up throwing out the side of the bus. My friend Austin threw up on the floor. And then, like, probably sophomore year, it was, it was actually summer ball. Freshman into sophomore year is where I started doing it, and then I liked it. And yeah, after that it was like. So when did you go from graduating from school long cut to Copenhagen? How long did that take? I was uh, most of my friends chewed Copenhagen, so I went. I was Copenhagen. Copenhagen. I still remember the feeling of putting a dip in, though. Sometimes I still dream about it too. I'll have like dreams where I have like a dip in, and I'll spit on myself in my sleep. I can believe that on the gyrations you have in your sleep. <laughs> Jesus. It's true. Yeah, I just never, I never did it. So I never smoked, never chewed tobacco, never did drugs. Just like my booze. I really never drank hard like that. I, so, I mean, until I was probably, I was just a beer guy. When I was a keystone, I was a Schaefer, when we were so poor, drank Schaefer Light, so cheap. And then Keystone, and then Cooper's Light, till I drank. And then um, when I worked at Gotcha Hills Country Club in Las Cruces in Mexico State, the GM and I became good buddies. It's funny how every place I've worked, whoever was the top of the food chain, I've always been good buddies with. I don't know what it is. Um, his name was Mont Green. He was the GM, and he got me hooked on <coughs> gin and tonics or gin and tonics. Gin and tonics. So Tangeray and tonics, and I was like, I don't know. That sounds like shit. I heard that tastes like pine so I'm not doing it. And he gave me a drink. And I'm like, oh fucking hey, this is good. So I drank gin and tonics for a lot of years, and then. Moved back to Colorado, <clears throat> and Chad was drinking Captain Morgan's and Coke. I got on that for probably a decade. Really? Yeah, I drink beer and Captain Morgan's. That oh, was it. God. Okay. And then <clears throat> I go back to and then I mix in some vodka, and some gin, blah blah blah. And then 
the whiskey thing happened. I don't know how long that maybe five, six years ago. Sukup was it was a late fall um, game we had. Sukup had made the turn, and I made the turn. He I see what he had the color of it all. I'm like, what the hell is it? He goes, just take a drink. I'm like, what is it? He goes, just take a drink. I took the drink. I go, oh, fucking yum yums. <laughs> I go, what is that? He goes, crown and ginger. I'm like, give me one of those. And then ever since then, it's that's kind of been my go-to. But you know me, I'll yeah, you drink. I, here's well, here's what I can't drink anymore. It's because of my, I, I've gotten heartburn. I've gotten, From white claws? Oh, the the uh, <clears throat> carbonation of these things. If I have more than two, see, like I had Palm Street. They sold beer and, and claws. I had two claws. And a hot dog in my stomach just said fuck off. So I couldn't. That's why I like the Coronas are less. Bubbly. Bubbly. And so are the um, the uh, Ultras. Do you have those yet? I have not had the Ultras. I saw them at Walmart today. They're I almost good. picked them up. Really? Yeah. I think they are. So Ultras and, and the Coronas. And then the, um, what's the, uh, what did you get at Costco? Remember I bought a bunch of mm-hmm. them that were cheap. Whatever their seltzers were. Yeah, they're good. Mm-hmm. And they're, I can handle those, but like, I can't do a lot of claws anymore. <clears throat> I could drink these all day, man. They're good. I love them. But I just... Yeah. Maybe if I keep losing weight, then my heartburn will go away, too. Yeah. I'm trying to lose weight, too. Nine pounds. I'm at, I'm at two fucking twelve now. Well, what do you want to be, two? I'd like to be, like... When I left fucking Fort Hayes State, I was 185 of just solid brick. Yeah, you can't. I won't. I won't I, to that. I'm not gonna get myself to that. There's no way I'll be back at 185 again because that was like working out and running all the time and just eating. It was you know your college body, right? Right. <clears throat> I'd like to get down to 195. 195 would be prime. That I'd be pretty happy with 195. But that's my thing. Like, I do like to have a good time. Like, so on the weekends, like, I'm drinking. You just can't lose, like, you can't lose weight without cutting out drinking. Wow. So I I was doing this intermittent fasting diet wrong until I called him Dave Levenio. Dave did it. Dave's lost 30. Mm -hmm. And he's maintained that. So what am I doing wrong? Because the eight eight hours you allow yourself to eat, you can't just feed your pie or whatever you want. That's kind of what I was doing, so um, so I've changed that up the last couple of weeks, and I've seen it seen a difference. I suppressed my appetite. Um, I was hungry tonight, but only the only thing I had was I ate at noon, and I ate some leftover chicken. How was that? Yeah. See, I yeah, I just recently started doing where I don't eat in the morning. I have two cups of coffee. It helps suppress the appetite. Throw in one of these. Choose Zins, yeah. but then I shit my brains out, and then yeah, that's a lot of stimulants. So I have, so I have my coffee out. So I have twelve to fourteen ounces of coffee in the morning. That's it. And you know me, I'm a breakfast guy. Mm-hmm. So it was. Thought it was going to be a lot harder skipping breakfast, but I, it's really not that hard to skip breakfast. Yeah, honestly, by the time I, you get up I and you and you get going, man, I love breakfast. So 
<clears throat> so tonight we ate kind of like what did we eat about seven? Uh, probably like six forty. Yeah, six thirty, six forty-five ish. So I won't eat until eleven thirty or twelve tomorrow. I'll have something just kind of light, nothing crazy, and then I'll probably because I'm gonna golf tomorrow. I'll bring one of those little packets of you know, get a Costco those energy pack things of nuts and berries. So I'll have one of those, and then I know I'm drinking tomorrow because I'm with Muth. Yeah, so that's gonna happen. And then dinner, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it, it it's helped. And then I've been mixing in some cardio and <laughs> yeah, doing some speed training with <clears throat> the old speed training golf stuff. So yeah, I mean, so I yeah, like I do. I've been trying to do like a protein shake, so I don't eat until probably like eleven thirty, and then I'll do a protein shake. But that only holds me over for so long. Like I just get like fucking. Yeah, you like to eat. Yeah, I get fucking hangry. I'm a, like, even if I wasn't, like, even if I, I lose a little bit of weight, I'm still just going to be, like, I'll be a bigger guy. I mean, relatively anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, like, today I didn't eat. I didn't have a protein shake. Probably at, like, noon 30, I had yogurt and granola and, like, berries and shit. And I felt like I, that actually, like, filled me up. I felt pretty good. And then I got home cleaned a little bit and it was probably five that I had I broke into the chips and salsa but once I broke into the chips and salsa I was just shoveling it into my mouth as much as I could fit in my goddamn hand just just fucking blended up Oh, the first bag was empty, so you devoured that, right? I was like, oh, that's all I need. And then you go, oh, there's another bag. I'm like, damn it. Because I knew I was going to keep eating. Yeah. All right. Well, we got one last question. Okay. And we'll wrap it up. I like to end on this question. I like to end on the lighter side. Um, This has been fairly light, hasn't it? What? It's been fairly light. No? No, it has. But I always like to end it on the lighter side no matter what. So, when's the last time you shit your pants? And let's hear the story behind it. Last time I sh- like full-on shit my pants, or mm-hmm. just a shard? Mm, enough to where you had to change the underwear and clean up. <laughs> wow. I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's okay. Only, like... 30 people are going to hear it tops. Oh, fuck. And they're all my friends, too, so you don't have to worry about any coworkers listening to it. Okay, i got to think that the date's on this. It's, it's been, a, it's been a, a, a bit. Really? Um, and this is not being, like, having the flu and having the germs. No, this, this is, is like... like def- defecating. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I think this is a long time ago because I've been staying at Corey's for better part of 10 years Mm -hmm. at his place. So we were at the Holiday Inn Express, which used to be on the other side of 80 by McDonald's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Discount, discount. That's probably a Friday, probably the Friday night deal. And I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gonna puke. So I'm just doing my skits, right? So 
So I go lay down the lawn, the toilet, and it comes out both ends. And it was a fucking great dang poop. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was nicely coiled. <laughs> nice fucking pie about that high. Went out the side of my fucking underwear. And I'm there, and I'm like... So, I think it was Andy Meyer was there at Meyer. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, dude, what happened? <laughs> it stuck so bad. <laughs> and he comes and turns on the light. He goes, holy fuck. Look at the turn you just laid. <laughs> so I puked so hard I shit, but it wasn't the grounds. It was a perfect coiler. It was awesome. It was awesome. I don't know if I call that So off. those fucking underwear never saw... My butt again. They were, yeah. So that story got out like overnight. So whenever I showed up that next day, so obviously one of my friends that I was staying with played before me. Mm-hmm. So I go up and I'm like, I'm so hungover. Like one of the worst hangovers I've ever had walking up to, you know how I like to warm up. I didn't even give a fuck if I warmed up. I just walked to the clubhouse. And Corey goes, yeah, I heard you shit yourself last night. <laughs> like, well, the fuck do you know that already, right? <laughs> so we're traveling, and yeah, I was the shitter the rest of the weekend. I've done that twice, but that was, I think that was the last time that I got a full-on, yeah, blue, 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 gasket kind of deal. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. Jesus Christ, Stuart. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Just a nice coiled turd on the side of you. <laughs> you know, what I was doing, I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I know it's coming out of my ass. <laughs> it could be just a complete smear job. It wasn't. It was like, wow. Took my under one off, maybe a three or four swiper, and... Clean I pinch? Clean it, and I had to clean it up, which was not fun. <laughs> Oh man! There's your lighter side of finishing up the. Oh, I love it. Uh, well, uh, thanks. You must be some good, some good stories, huh? I do, I do get some good stories. Although you'll be surprised, not a lot of people have shit their pants. You haven't lived. You you know, you're not doing life right if you don't. Right. You're not drinking hard enough. Shit your pants, well, you know, or whatever. I mean, but you do yeah. some shards every now and again. Yeah. Some oopsie daisies, but I mean a full on. Yeah, choke a horse kind of stuff. Yeah, was the last time. So I'd say twelve. Well, that's impressive. Thank you. Well, uh, that's very hard. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun having you on. Do it again. Good luck with the podcast. Thanks. If uh, if you guys ever need your mortgage done, call Scotty Stewart at Bank of Colorado. Yeah, that's right. And that's a a suggestion. What's that? I think we should maybe adopt. Between two firms, kind of. Ooh, huh? do that. <laughs> We'd have to bring Davy Gravy on here. <laughs> Watch him beat my ass into a pulp. Get fired on the spot. Yeah, I'd be less worried about getting fired, more worried about him beat me into a pulp. I'm still scared of that goddamn man. I don't care how old he gets. Yeah, I think Davy's pretty rough in his day. It's what I've heard. And, and Nikki, his Nikki is for sure rough. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, that's a wrap. Have a good night, everybody.